Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall. And we'll have a 60-minute time limit. We are back one more time today talking about AEW and the upcoming AEW Revolution pay-per-view on Sunday night. We're going to give ourselves 60 minutes. Probably not going to go the full length, but we just want to make sure we have a little bit of extra time here since we're going to talk about the last two weeks of AEW Dynamite as well as the upcoming Revolution card. I think this is going to be a really great card. A lot of big matches on it, and I could be a really long card, all things considered, which uh, which we'll get into here in a minute. Rob, what do you say? You want to you wanna ring this bell and get this going? It's the revolution, and it will be televised. <laughs> so, the, I mean, so starting off, I think one of the reasons this has the potential to kind of be like a longer show is the, the first match of the night, I believe, if, uh, if I'm reading the card right, is probably going to be the Casino Tag Team Royale, which is set up like a Royal Rumble in which every 90 seconds a team's going to enter the ring. And they're still going to do it the way that I like how AEW does it, where if one person is eliminated, the team isn't eliminated. Like both members of the team have to be eliminated in order for it to count. So conceivably this can, this can last a little while. I mean, I I don't have the full list in front of me because I don't think they're done announcing it, but I called out some of the the key tag teams here. You've got the uh, Pac and Ray Phoenix. So those two members of death triangle who had a complete squash match on, on AEW this week. Uh, all three Dark Order teams, which again, like how one of them doesn't come away with the victory when you've got six members of, of the same unit in this match. Uh, SCU, who have said that the next time they lose, they're going to break up, but I think they caveated that, that it would be the next time they lose a singles match. So I don't think this is going to count. Uh, Jurassic Express, who just came off the loss to FTR, and then Santana Santana and Ortiz, who should be in you know, who knows what's going to happen with the actual tag team match uh, later on in the card. So everybody had a big kerfuffle to end the show as, as expected, but a lot of, a, a lot of excitement to be had here. You got a lot of the young teams that are going to come in. I, I just think it could be a really exciting match. To me, this is a setup for Santana and Ortiz versus death triangle. Find me a more exciting team than Ray Phoenix and Pac. Like I, I can't, I can't think of one. Ray Phoenix is about three years away from being the greatest wrestler in the world. And Pac is just this violent, angry hobbit that makes everybody afraid and uncomfortable at the same time. I mean, my response would be Ray Phoenix and Penta because they've been doing it. But I think Penta, if, if, I'm, if I'm looking at it right, Penta has a harder time understanding the American way of tag team wrestling. Like he mm-hmm. doesn't do tag ropes and official tag-ins and he's more used to like the actual AAA Lucha style which is kind of like anything goes tag matches where as long as you get close, you can switch up. You don't actually have to have full tags or anything like that. So I wonder if that has something to do with it, but he's also going to be involved in the face of the revolution ladder match, which is going to be insane. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of this is going to depend on who comes out the tag team championship match on top. I'd like to see one of the dark orders finally get there, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Like in my head, the team that makes the most sense from Dark Order is Stu Grayson and, uh, sorry, yeah, Stu Grayson and Eva Luno. Like they've they've just kind of been floating around. They haven't really done anything that's made an impact. Uh, outside of, I saw highlights from uh, Dark where Eva Luno has this disgusting new finisher. He basically sets up pedigree style, wraps his, his one arm, 
instead of lifting, instead of doing a double underhook, he takes his right arm under the other guy's right arm and flips him up into a flatliner. I will, I will send you, I will send you a link and I will try and post a GIF on the one fall page in the comments of this episode. It is, it is a insane finisher and I'm all about it. So yeah, let's get more, let's get more evil Uno and Stu Grayson in this. Listen, John Silver is the, is the unheralded hero in the dark order. That guy is a better worker than almost everybody in WWE, in my opinion. And he's barely noticed here. Like he's so great in the ring and he doesn't look like he should be. He looks like a short Buzz Sawyer from 1987. Yeah. A little old school for you. Yeah, I mean, he looks, yeah, I mean, he look, he is a, like, uh, uh, stack shithouse, if you, if you want to call it that. I mean, he's a short stack at 100%, but man, the guy is strong, He and they've been building him up that way with doing, you know, two-man Samoan drops and all sorts of nonsense, the whole Johnny Hungy bit and running around. <laughs> we, we talked about it before, like, the Dark Order have taken this turn in both the unfortunate passing of John Huber, of Rudy Lee, as well as being the elite and like the behind the scenes stuff. Like they're not this creepy dark thing that they came out as two years ago at revolution or whatever, um, double or nothing, whatever pay-per-view they debuted on where it was Stu and Uno and this like cavalcade of, of masked minions kind of thing. They're definitely much more out there. I, I originally thought everybody would be in a mask except for the exalted one. And that didn't end up happening or at least have their face painted or something. I expected everybody to officially just go by their numbers. Like everyone is assigned a number, but nobody's actually going by them except for Uno and 10. Uh, Alan Angels technically still calls himself Alan Five Angels, but outside of 10, negative one and Uno, no one's actually using the number system. Save that for the heel turn. Right. I mean, but that was that, that for the heel turn, but it's kind of one of those without without Brody, where are you going to go with it? I would, because I would have, and, and I think, but I, because I also think Brody had a lot to do with that. He didn't want these guys to be unnamed. He wanted to focus on their names because he was like, it basically complete opposite of retribution. He wanted their names to yeah. be known. He wanted them to be, to be elevated and he wanted to help in any way that he could to do that. So he didn't want them to reduce themselves to just the numbers, even though, from the story perspective and the dark orders perspective, it made a hell of a lot more sense. They teased Dustin Rhodes coming in as seven great tease. Um, would have been fun. Colt, Colt Cabana still technically doesn't have a number. I maybe like to see them like give him an initiation where he gets a number or becomes Colt Cabana instead of Colt Cabana. Little, little play there. But yeah, I mean, dark order, look, they're, they're, Still holding strong. The storyline that they have with Hangman is is interesting. We'll wait to see. They were supposed to have a five-man, like a five-on-five five tag team match on Dynamite. Something happened. I don't know if guys got injured or sick or whatever. Ended up just being Hangman and John Silver versus Hardy and Mark Quinn of Private Party. I'll take it. Uh, yeah, I mean, still really good match. Hangman gets the win, and then Hardy attacks post-match and gets the one-up. So, And then that leads to the tag team kerfuffle of everybody showing up. So, yeah, I mean, it was a great match, and, and, and Adam Page and Matt Hardy on their own are going to be a great match, and it'll be interesting to see if the Dark Order gets involved to any degree because odds are uh, TH2, you know, they're getting paid off by Hardy now, so one of them might pop up. Uh, the other thing to note with the Tag Team Royale is, um, it's not, and it's not really, like, an obvious fact, but 
the acclaimed will not be in this match, not just because Mac, Max Caster qualified for the face of the revolution ladder match, but because the uh, Anthony Bowens is actually injured. I think he has a knee injury and is going to be out for a little bit. So they're going to need to elevate Max Caster on his own. And my God, when he comes to the ring, he is just not afraid to say whatever the hell he wants, man. That lady Gaga is Walker. It's very well. That lady, like I, my jaw dropped when he, when he hit that line, I was like, damn, all right. Like they're just, he's going to, he's, he's going to be able to say what he wants to say, man. And I, I mean, good for them for not stopping him, but, but wow. Well, I'm willing to bet a gentleman's dollar. This comes down to Santana and Ortiz and the death triangle. And I think that's going to be the next two months worth of feuds right there. Cause you got the death, the, neither one of those teams are going to go anywhere because MJF and Jericho are going to be tied up with the Bucks. So what else are you going to do with them? Well, that goes into my whole inner circle tag team saga, which had issues and I had issues with, with in the past. Now, hold on though. I want to clarify this because you know me, I'm always down to put a gentleman's dollar on something before I do. However, you degenerate. I'm just saying, I want to throw in a buck around. Like it's like, it's nothing. Says the guy whose nickname is Robbie two bucks. All right. Well, should I be throwing around two bucks instead? <laughs> Are you saying that? So in this dollar gentleman's bet, is it that yeah. the last two people in the ring will be one person from death triangle and one person from Santana and Ortiz? Correct. Because SCU doesn't even belong in this match. The dark order is there to fill the numbers. And Jurassic express express just doesn't, when you have a crowd and people can sing along to Jungle Boy's theme song, then they'll be in a position to be over. But until then, no. I will take that bet. Okay, we have Q, witnesses. Q sound, but I will take that bet because I believe, I, I don't think you're wrong with Death Triangle and either Inner Circle or whatever the case may be having to, having to expand. However, I still haven't seen any official announcement as to what FTR is doing on this show. They are nowhere right now after just having Tully Blanchard come back and winning a, a six-man match against Jurassic Express. The other, the other thing being, every time they've done one of these battle royals, Jungle Boy ends up in the final two. It's just, it's just math at this point. Like every time Jungle Boy is the one and he's that hope spot where he's the one that no matter what the crowd's going to get behind to win because they always want Jungle Boy to succeed. So he could show He's up. the one that's there to break your heart. Exactly. He's the Daniel Bryan. He's, he's there to Daniel, break your heart. He, yeah. He's, he's just there. He's there to just make it seem like, you know, he's going to, if he's reaching for a briefcase or a title, he's, he's the one who keeps hitting it with his hand and it keeps just getting further away. But I, I think I have a hard time thinking. Why would you smack the briefcase? Please just grab it for God's sake. Look, uh, I mean, beyond that, I'll be interested to see uh, in the ladder match if my theory continues as to why it takes guys forever to climb the ladders. Uh, my theory has has been and always will be that they are just following OSHA standards and practices. You need to have three points of contact at all times. So they are just ensuring step at a time. that they maintain their three points of contact at all times. The third <laughs> point of contact either being the top of the ladder or apparently oh, that's a deep cut. The brass ring. That's always been. That's always why it takes them forever. OSHA standards and practices. Publicly created companies. You gotta. You gotta follow OSHA practices. Yeah, and, yeah. They need their safety equipment. The crash pad. Uh, which means I can't wait to see what kind of OSHA standards we're gonna have in an exploding barbed wire death match. But we'll get there in a little bit. Um, yeah. 
the other, so the getting getting back though, uh, so the Casino Tag Team Battle Royale. Who do you think? So you're thinking Death Triangle, Santana, and Ortiz are the finals. Who do you think is taking the the victory? Uh, I don't. I don't think there will be. You don't think any? I think. I think there there's going to be a schmoz or something, and I also don't think it matters. I think that they're the they're going to be the last two teams in there for a reason, because that's the program setting up for the next couple of months. So I don't think it matters who wins, but the 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 fact that it's going to be the two of them is going to be the two of them teams. I mean, uh, is all that matters at that point. I could see Death Triangle taking it because of how they're building up Death Triangle, but I agree that they need a, a, a secondary feud before doing anything. I think FTR ends up in this match and FTR ends up taking the victory because they don't have anywhere really to go right now outside of continuing this feud with Jurassic Express, which they might be doing, but they could also challenge the Young Bucks and go back after the Young Bucks to regain the tag team championships from them. And I, I mean, everybody would still pay to see that because that it was a great first match. But now if you start adding in the outside elements of Sean Spears, who made his comeback on, on uh, Dynamite, as well as the potential for Cody to be popping in there as well. Cause you know, Twitter and, and uh, Instagram and all that were showing Cody posing with Tully and FTR in full gear and with all the belts and everything before that match. So still teasing the fact that the newest era of the four horsemen, which I think would make sense is Cody, Sean Spears and FTR. Uh, the, the, the problem is that's a lot of people. Cause you have FTR, which is two. That's you have four, Tully. That's four people. No. Well, you know, there's four people. No, there's Sean Spears, FTR, Tully. That's four right there. JG Dillon, who may or may not be around. All right, we'll say he's not. But then you bring in Cody and Arn. I mean, that's a that's a huge thing to be a four horseman type. I mean, I'm not sure. I the the teasers are there. Someone's getting lost. I mean, Arn Arn's still popping up to throw up the four just because the guys are out in the ring. I'm not sure. The other part of this is is still what stems back the and the reason this kind of doesn't work is because we've got to go back to full gear, like the first full gear, the first revolution. I, again, I'm, I I don't know the shows well enough yet to remember when they happened, but Cody can't challenge for the world title, and he's sticking to that. And he's sticking to that, which is great. But then that also means that whatever faction Cody is ever a part of, somebody else needs to be in the spot to win the major belt, unless they somehow rescind that. I don't think they will, but it's still just rough because that TNT championship isn't, it it still doesn't have the clout that I think they want it to have. And they're trying hard, man. They are pushing hard for it to have that clout but it's still, it's still just not there yet. Well, I mean, we're certainly going to find out. Like, I think this is, this is the difference between two companies at the moment, that they're setting everything up great. Anticipation and speculation is so good. So I was, I was just going to say, well, we'll find out on Sunday. But then I realized that's the whole point. Yeah. Like, that, that you really are invested and you want to know and it's engaging and it keeps you coming back. So well done. It is well done. And, and it is well done at times because it seems like they're starting to stretch themselves 15 minutes a little bit elapsed. a little bit thin in certain instances. Like you had 
you had Paul White popping up on Dynamite to make his big announcement and, and finally talk about being a part of AEW. Dynamite tried to talk about the fact that he was going to be hosting their new show called Elevation, which apparently is going to just be featuring like young talent, which I can dig. I mean, it's very much like the way NXT, the, the original NXT should have been. Uh, like way back when it was like pros and, and NXT superstars, whatever, whatever you want to call it. So like highlighting these younger, these younger wrestlers, but it, it's still just on YouTube. Like it's two shows on YouTube and then there's possibly a, a third show or a second show, which will only be an hour coming to TNT at some point that Cody Rhodes was teasing online but they haven't really announced much of what that could be. If that is, is if that is actually going to be anything that's actual wrestling, or is it going to be more of like an ESPN style format where they, they recap the week? It, it might be their version of a main event. Right. It might be their version of main event where they have one match on the show and then, or like the kickoff show where they have one to two matches right. on it, as opposed to dark, which has like 16 matches a night or 16 matches every Tuesday. Like this would be one where they have, one or two matches and then just spend time recapping storylines that have to happen between dark and dynamite, because they are doing a good job there as well, where the storylines that are happening on dynamite are also happening on dark. And God bless Tony Khan for single-handedly keeping independent wrestling alive with dark. Uh, that's, I mean, I don't think enough gets said about Tony Khan, how great he is for the sport and the industry in general. And just because bet between dark and the way he's been booking AEW, like, it's very nice to see a return to focusing on performing rather than entertaining, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. You know, it's, you know, no, no matter what you, you can, if you own a comic book store, I speak from experience. If you have a comic book store, you could sell all the action figures you want, all the toys you need, all the bullshit that comes along with it. But at your heart, you're selling comics. Comics make everything else better. Comics drive the engine. So, yeah, they have the WWE Network and, and the, the documentaries and everything, but the product suffers. The actual thing that drives the engine is suffering. Then AEW is the exact opposite. AEW doesn't have any ancillary things yet. So they are so focused on putting on a good product that I, I swore I was never going to buy another pay-per-view, but I, I just turned to Melanie and I said, I think we're going to buy Revolution just because I think it's going to be entertaining. Yeah, I mean... You should reward good behavior. Yeah, I, the, I mean the ladder match. The ladder match alone should be a great match, just because of the people involved. And and same goes for the AEW Championship match. I mean, I'm not one for death matches. Like I've seen some insane ones after watching Joey Janela's Spring Break a couple of times, and I just like I am very cringy with that kind of stuff. But I'll be damned. Like I'm gonna watch it. And and Kenny Omega just tweeted out earlier today a napkin drawing of what the exploding barbed wire death match is. So if you haven't seen that, uh, find Kenny on Twitter and Instagram and take a look at that just work of art. That should be on a t-shirt, frankly, because it is, it is gorgeous. Uh, also then, so after, so after the tag team Royale, we've got uh, the continuation of the best, best friends versus the best man, uh, Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor taking on Miro and Kip Sabian to continue this storyline, which since the wedding has only been back and forth, antics but i love it the fact that the fact that orange cassidy and chuck taylor sent a, a note to miro and kip sabian that said will you wrestle us at revolution 
check yes no it was genius i was crying laughing it was it was i love orange cassidy orange cassidy is like the unsung hero of the covid era wrestling he's he's so like to the point that he he's in for a guy that never talks yeah he's engaging he's arresting to look at he's not a bad worker at all. Well, we, so we, I was at Revolution last year because it was in Chicago during C2E2. So I got to go to Revolution with with our friend Neil, and we saw Orange Cassidy's first official match against Pac, and it was the greatest thing. We were like awestruck and laughing at the exact same time just because of how how great that match was. He's only gone on to put on better matches since when you got him working with Jericho and all this. I'll be interested to see where this one goes because he hasn't been in the ring in a while, but I think that's part of the allure of Orange Cassidy. You don't need him in the Did, ring. Was that was that the show where he faked he was going to do the 450 and just fell on him instead? Yeah, it was the show where he faked he was going to do the 450 and just fell on him. And it was also the show where he tried to roll out of the ring. So Pac ran out to meet him. So he just rolled all the way to the other side of the ring. <laughs> Pac went around to meet him again and Cassidy just looked in his face started laughing maniacally and went right back the other way. It was a full five minute <laughs> spot of orange Cassidy, just prone on the ring, rolling from one side to the other. And it was, it was phenomenal. Uh, first championship match of the night. Looks like it's going to be the AEW women's championship. Hakaru Shida versus uh, Rio Mizunami. She won the number one contendership tournament. I, I feel like this was just placating the Japanese side of the tournament. Uh, it was surprising to see her, to see Rio pick up a clean pinfall victory over Nyla Rose on Dynamite. Yeah, I just, I think this is play, this, this was just to try and placate the, the Japanese side of things and get people interested. Kenny Omega, I know, is a, is a driving force of the booking on the women's side. So obviously, I think they wanted to get the, get more Japanese wrestlers over. I don't think anybody, I don't think there's a belt change in this one for sure. Uh, I don't, I, I'm, truthfully, I have not paid enough attention to it to worry about it. I think you are correct, though. I think this is this is a niche match for a very specific demographic. Yep. So I, I don't see anything spectacular about it going forward. I don't think anything spectacular, spectacular happens in match. However, post-match, I think somebody, I feel like there's got to be a debut here. They've, they've teased Thunder Rosa, like Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, and Riho have already had the matches with Hikaru Shida. She's already beaten Nyla Rose. I don't know the status of Chris Statlander, so I can't say if she's ready to come back or not. But I wouldn't be surprised if we end up seeing Thea Trinidad, a.k.a. Zelina Vega, uh, make an AEW debut here. Because, honestly, there's no one else currently in this women's division that's a threat. I, I'm going to do something a little unconventional for me. I'm going to disagree with you, and I'm going to posit my my own appearance. That ma- it, it makes the show better when we disagree with each other. So let's let's yes. keep that going. I think yeah no, I think uh, we will see an appearance after this, but I don't think it's the Trinidad. I think it's going to be Tessa Blanchard. Another 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 great name. Uh, I, I will say that she's every bit as she's every bit as good as Charlotte in every way, shape, and form, including look. She's the daughter of Tully Blanchard, so she's got the same second generation. I think she is going to be AEW's Charlotte Flair because they need it. They need a face. Britt Baker is great, but who cares? The the only heat they've gotten for their women's division came from uh, the NWA champion. Thunder Rosa, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, uh, 
if you take the average AEW view, casual AEW viewer along the road, and you ask them who the champion is, they won't be able to tell you. They'll say Thunder Rosa, even though she's not, because she's been the face of their division. So they need someone powerful to come in and sort of seize that moment. And I think it's going to be her. And I think this is their face, first pay-per-view for the year, correct? Yes. This, this is where they make that splash. I could see Tessa Blanchard, but I also see it from the other side. And my, my disagree just comes from how we've kind of seen a couple of these where people want to make their name on their own. So maybe Tessa doesn't want to come to the company that Tully's such a big name in because he wants she wants to try and step out and just see. Or she's just one of those that she had the dream of WWE, so she at least wants to give them a shot, even if it ends up falling apart and she ends up in AEW a couple of years down the line. Who knows? Because obviously the, the women's division in WWE and NXT, it's hard to argue that that's obviously, there's not a lot of competition, but it's still an amazing division all around. There's a lot of top grade talent there to work with. While I think it's arguable to say that AEW really doesn't have that. There's some good talent there, but there's not a lot of great talent there. Well, we will certainly find out. I'm not willing to bet a buck on that one though. Well, I mean, we, we've already got the one for this show. We don't need to add another dollar bet in. And then we've come to just tossing cash around like drunken sailors. Then we come to the, the, First real insane match of the night, most likely the face of the revolution ladder match, Cody Rhodes, Scorpio, Pentacero Miedo, Lance Archer, Max Caster, and question mark. So that'll be really interesting. Six-man tag match where I believe, and again, this kind of goes to something, I, I, I'm, if they go this route, I'll shake my head a little bit. And again, I'll call out the fact that sometimes they need to step away from just trying to take digs at WWE all the time. But apparently this ladder match, they will literally be climbing for a brass ring. See, I love that. I think that's a very clever way to sort of dig at Vince a bit, but give little stakes to it also. Because now, because remember, MJF's whole thing was that he had the ring. Right, which they had the, which they talked about and once a year it's defended apparently they had the battle royal to determine who's going to fight him and then he actually had to defend it which is fine he's clearly the only person that should be holding that ring right now maybe next year matt hardy because he's big money matt ends up winning the thing and he can hold on to the dynamite the diamond ring because outside of that the only other person that made sense was cody but he already did that shtick in roh when he turned the roh championship into a diamond ring they have to kiss the ring right I mean, this match. Yeah. This match has all the makings of, of some insane spots. I mean, you've got Scorpio Sky and Penta and Penta Ceramiedo who live above the ropes and above the ring. They 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 barely they touch the mat. Less uh, or I, I don't know how I'm trying to say it, but basically they're never they're never actually touching the mat. They're always in the air with this stuff. Cody, who will always put on a good match and has had plenty of these multi-man ladder matches between Money in the Bank matches or Intercontinental. WrestleMania matches. So you know he's good for some great spots. Lance Archer, who will be just the beast and dominant in this, and he will be the one just wrecking shop on everybody, breaking ladders left and right, dropping people off the top because he feels like it. And then Max Caster, who's kind of a question mark. I mean, he's he's been great, and I think he's got a real opportunity to shine here. And he end up he may end up coming out of this not as the winner, but certainly as one of the most talked about spots. Now, obviously, the other question, though, is that this last spot is TBA. We do not know who's involved in it yet. Tony Khan was supposed to announce it on Dynamite. For whatever reason, they didn't, and they decided they're going to hold off until Sunday to make the announcement. 
which lends the question, who do you think it's going to be? Is it going to be someone new coming in? They've already said that this person is not the same person that Paul White is announcing. So th these are two completely separate people. So, I, I mean, I guess twofold question. Who's going to be in this match as the sixth person? And who's Paul White bringing into the company? I don't see this person as being anyone of a name recognition just because it will take away from the Paul White announcement. So I think this is just someone that they're going to pull in from their current roster that hasn't been utilized yet. Now, I would have agreed with you there because I would have thought it would have been Sean Spears. But Sean Spears came back on Dynamite helping out FTR and Tully. So he got brought back in that way. Now, granted, it, it still might be Sean Spears. So it might be Sean Spears, but why hold off then? Because he came back. So you could have made the announcement at the end of the night that they were giving him the opportunity. Tully could have said, no, 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 no. I just, I disagree. We, we make the splash with Sean coming back with the four horsemen reunion there. And now when it comes time to come into this, now he's coming in like, yeah, I'm back. And here I am. And he comes out with Tully. And he makes a bit of a splash. I mean, Lance Archer's coming out with Jake. So, you know, this makes perfect sense. And by the way, I'll, I'll, I'll go one further. My pick to win this match is Lance Archer. But if Sean Spears makes an appearance in this match, Sean Spears is in it to win it. Cody doesn't need it, so Cody's not winning. Scorpio Sky, nobody cares about. Uh, Penta El, El, you know, Pentagon Jr. there, he's part of the Death Triangle, so he's there to fill a spot. Max Caster is great, but I think he's there to fight with uh, Lance Archer. So who's left? So I think if absolutely if Sean Spears is in this, Sean Spears wins it. See, I see on as as the as the list sits right now, I see Scorpio Sky taking it simply because he's been he's been just playing around. He's been treading water. He he teased this thing with Sean Spears. And then they never really, they had the match, but it never really went anywhere. He's clearly separated himself from SCU, maybe not officially, but he's definitely distanced himself from SCU, trying to do more things individually. And he's, the way he's been acting on commentary and stuff, he's been very cocky. He's kind of like what we talked about last episode with Keith Lee. He's getting that cockiness about him where people are coming to watch him and he's better than everybody. So I can see him using this as a, as a way to get a heel turn in and start having matches with Darby. In terms of who comes out, if it's not going to be Sean Spears, I've got two options. One, I don't think you're really going to care about, and the other, you're going to hate completely. So my first one, I think this is a good time uh, for, for Ethan Page. There's been a lot of talk about Ethan Page from Impact, Karate Man on, on Botchamania and all that stuff. He's been, you know, he's, he's really... He's really um, thirty minutes elapsed. Well regarded, and especially from like if you want to call it the indie scene, he's right now probably one of the biggest indie darlings that's still technically without a company because he hasn't been on Impact. He got let go of that contract, and he was a little disappointed with how that ended. I could see him coming in because this is a mid card belt. It's a mid card match. He's a it's a good place for him to stay. The other one, which is the one that I think you're gonna hate, but if you don't, I'll be very surprised, is Shaq. You just shut your laptop. Yep. I think Come on. You, why else do you have the dumb spot where he disappears from the ambulance and nothing is announced? They don't question it further. It also just so happens to be the NBA All-Star break. So I, I'd have to... Well, actually, I think the All-Star game is that night at the same time. So. Yeah, it's competing with the All-Star game. But if, uh, if ESPN has the All-Star game, then Shaq's not going to be on commentary because he's with TNT. So 
Look, I'm just saying okay. it could be Shaq. He took a table bump. Why not take a ladder bump too? Shaq didn't look bad. He didn't look Shaq bad. Did not he look bad look, in his debut. He didn't look bad, but he didn't look great. Like if you watch that match back, he does not know positioning to save his life. And because he's so big, Bryce Rensburg has to come over, or whoever the ref was, has to come over a couple times and be like, hey, you need to go back to the corner. You're blocking the entire ring. We don't have a shot for the camera. And he had he to, is so he big. He had to, you forget how big that man is until you see that if he went to do a rope spot, he'd just fall out. Right, well, which is basically what happened. Cody Cody did a yeah. cross body, and Shaq just took the bump. So, yeah, I, it could be Shaq. The man disappeared from the back of an ambulance. He is a multi-million dollar basketball superstar, and nobody seemed to be concerned about the fact that he just disappeared from the back of an ambulance. Or that he was in an ambulance to begin with. They were concerned about it when to begin with. That's why they sent Tony Schiavone back there. And then when they came back from break, he was gone, and nobody nobody was there. So, I don't know. Uh, following that up, we've got our big money match, Adam Page, Matt Hardy. Which I think is going to be the sleeper of the night. I think this match is going to be the sleeper that, I mean, listen, we're going to have the big blow off at the end of the show that everybody's going to talk about. But when you look back on this show, this is absolutely going to be the one that, that is going to be memorable I can't, for the right reasons, not no, the spectacle. I can't disagree with you for calling it the sleeper of the night, but it's simply because it's the only match on this card on paper that doesn't scream big match because you've got a six person ladder match. You've got a, the championship matches, which, which, you know, the young bucks versus Chris Jericho and MJF. Who's, who's not going to say that's going to be a great match An exploding barbed wire death match between Omega and Moxley, clearly a great match. So, and then the return of sting to wrestling in a street fight. So the reason that's the only reason I can see that as being calling it the sleeper is because what else are you going to call a sleeper? The rest of this card on paper is stacked. Yeah. Now, not to say, I don't disagree with you. I think I think Adam Page is a lot like I'm going to I'm going to compare him to Johnny Gargano when it comes to wrestling. No matter who he's in the ring with, he will carry a story and he will make you like he will give you the emotion that not many people can do. And it it, it hasn't mattered what match he's been a part of, whether it was a tag team match with Omega, whether it's this individual run or whether it was that first tournament to determine the champion. And it was him and Jericho in the very first pay-per-view. Always can always a great worker, a great sale, a, a great seller. He 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 always gets the point across, and he definitely. I, I mean, it it's great. I, I think there's going to be a lot of outside interference. I think TH two, like I said before, TH two probably shows up to get paid off by Matt Hardy or Private Party, which brings out Dark Order. I assume there's going to be some kind of kerfuffle, and then Adam Page and Matt Hardy continue to do their thing. Okay. I'm, I'm, I, I think the ending of this is a finale. I'll put it that way. I, I think this is their blow off and then they move on to other things. Which way does it go? What do you, what do you think the ending, like who do you think ends and why? How, how does Adam Page, who is the future of this company, how does Adam Page not take this? Now, I could be completely wrong and then there's a screw job at the end and we continue this to the next pay-per-view where, you know, that's the competing pay-per-view to either SummerSlam or WrestleMania if they do it closer. But I had, they're next, no, they're, I love Matt Hardy. I love the multiple faces of Foley, Matt, Matt Hardy that we're getting now that he could be any one of them at any given time. But, you know, Adam Page is better than this. He's better than this whole angle. 
Well, their next their next pay per view won't be till May. It'll be double or nothing, triple or nothing, whatever whatever you want to call it. It'll the next pay per view for AEW is in May. They're they're spreading it out. I love the the way they style the pay per views. The the question I have is the is the gimmick of the match, which we really didn't talk about. The big money part of it, where they lose their first quarter earnings for whatever. The reason this can go two you can go two different ways with this. The first way is that Adam Page loses. And we see what we originally thought this was going to be with that whole contract signing, which was Matt Hardy lording over Adam Page and hiring him and Adam Page having to work for Matt Hardy because he needs the money. Or Matt Hardy wins and Adam Page falls further into drunken stupor and has to be saved by the Dark Order from himself. Basically intervention style nonsense. And Adam Page just goes into a, a deeper, deeper drunken stupor because that's something that they've been teasing and hinting at for over a year now with Adam Page. Opposite side, Matt Hardy is, yes, the many faces of Hardy, but he's officially basically gone away from the broken gimmick and Big Money Matt is what he's rolling with right now because broken didn't work. Broken didn't work. The faces of Hardy didn't work. Big Money Matt, which was something from ROH and Impact, is something that he knows can work because it's 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 easy to work. So because well, all of his other gimmicks need a crowd, right? So Matt Hardy loses. So Matt Hardy loses. Now big money Matt doesn't have money anymore. Either way, I I honestly could see it going both ways. However, if I'm going by wrestling's law of comeuppance, Matt Hardy got the last attack on Dynamite, which means Adam Page takes this one. Uh, then we have the AEW World Tag Team Championship match: Young Bucks versus Jericho and MJF. I mean, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a hell of a match. I think Sammy Guevara gets involved, and Young Bucks Young Bucks take it. Sammy Guevara gets involved, and we start to see the dissension and split of the inner circle in the in the coming weeks. I disagree. I think the Bucks lose this one, and I think they lose this because of the Good Brothers, because the Good Brothers keep hanging around for no other reason. Why have them there at all then? They were there when Papa Buck got taken out in the ambulance. Why? What, what's the purpose of having them there unless you're going to use them? Yeah. So I, mean, I, think, I think part of that deal is going to be they lose on this and then they start showing up on impact. It could be. I mean, that's a very, that's a very solid fact. And then, you, and then you've got Jericho and MJF doing their thing and they can continue all their shticks and press conferences and all that nonsense for another couple of weeks until Sammy comes back and they start finding a way to kind of split the two of them. I just, I think, I think you can have the champions versus champions. And then you have the, the possibility of Kenny Omega dealing with on impact fighting rich Swan or whoever it is for the impact world championship and the good brothers fighting with the young bucks for champion for, for all the championships. So that way, when it's all said and done, you end up with Kenny and the Good Brothers as both the world and tag team champions of two completely separate companies. Yeah. Uh, again, the, just storytelling and business-wise, why bother doing it unless you're going to do that? You know, if, if you don't have the Hulk and, and Superman fighting it out, why bother having the Justice League meet the Avengers? Right. But that's what I'm saying. That's why I think the young bucks are going to be the one to take this. Cause I think it's time. I think inner circle, if it's not the inner circle as a whole falling apart, then it's gotta be the, the Jericho MJF feud that everyone's really been waiting for because the first quote unquote feud was much more shtick and, you know, dinner debonair and all that nonsense. It wasn't so much of a feud as it was a, a gentleman's rivalry. And this needs to be a full on feud. 
We're going to cap it. Uh, they're, they're, I, I believe right before the main event, the, the semi-main event is the street fight, the return of Sting teaming with Darby Allen to fight. It says it's Bri- Sting! It says Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, but I think we know this is going to be basically Darby Allen and Sting having to fight all of Team Taz. So Powerhouse Hobbs and, and Hook. I'm excited for this match, but I'm also scared in this match. And it's the same way I felt during Edge's WrestleMania match against Orton last year. Where just every spot for Sting, I'm gonna get a little cringy and just be like, "Oh God, please don't be dead! Please don't be dead! Please don't!" Oh, hope the old man has not completely collapsed or been paralyzed. I mean, with the, I mean, look at what happened with Matt Hardy when he when he did uh, a street fight with Sammy and he took that spot off the off the scissor lift, cracked his skull against the ground. Like, I mean, clearly, you want to talk about OSHA standards for practices? It's not all up to date when it comes to street fights. And I mean, they, yeah, that's not how you use a scissor lift. They've put on really good street fights. I mean, look at look at uh, best friends. Omega and Moxley. Omega and Moxley and best friends in Santana and Ortiz. Like even just for a tag match where they were literally just in a small parking lot and 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 Trent's mom showed up in the van. It was a great match <laughs> when it's all said and done. But the spots and those guys are those guys are younger. The spots in that thing were insane. So I'm a little. I'll be excited for this match, but I will also be very much like keeping a close eye and it's probably a good thing that this isn't on regular television. This is going to be on a bleacher report where I can't like rewind easily because otherwise I will be fine tooth combing every sting spot to make sure that he's not dead. Because let's be honest, the thing that almost took him out permanently in the first place was just a buckle bomb. Yep. Uh, I mean, in terms of the win, this obviously has to be sting and Darby Allen. There's no way team cast takes this. I disagree. I think Team Taz has to take this. Okay, I said we could disagree because it makes for better radio, but at this point you're disagreeing with just everything. So now you're just... Well, now because, you're just because you're wrong. You're wrong. I can't help that. <laughs> I think a loss will not hurt Sting and Darby Allen because Sting's an old man and Darby's a singles competitor. Team Taz, however, has suffered a lot of losses. They, they need something to sort of bolster them a bit. To quote what you just said, it's Sting! <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. It's Sting! That's all yeah, I'm Yeah, I guess. All right. So before we get to the AW Championship match, I, I mentioned it earlier, but we never actually talked about it. We never actually got to talking about that because we got too distracted with the ladder match participants. Who is Paul White's Hall of Fame announcement or Hall of Fame player? Well, he doesn't say Hall of Famer, so it's not someone in the Hall of Fame. Even though Kurt Angle released his his possibly return to action video today, where, by the way, that man looks like he looked into the Ark of the Covenant. He does not look good. And I'm sure he's in great shape, but man, that face is rough. That That's going to end with him sitting on his couch drinking a glass of milk. That's that to be continued. Yeah. It's going to be a, it's a complete swerve. I don't think it's Kurt either. I think the only person who is available uh, you know what? I'm I'm going to contradict myself. I I was thinking Bully Ray. That's the, the the only person because if you're going to make this big announcement that it, this is a Hall of Fame worthy thing, then you better deliver. Well, it's and he is a Hall of Famer. That's right, but he's a Hall of Famer as a singles as a tag team, not a singles competitor. Yeah, he's Bu- Bubba Ray is the is the Hall of Famer, not Bully Ray. Right, not Bully Ray. And I don't know, man. I just like I said, I don't I don't really see how. You don't deliver, and who else is available? 
The name that I've seen that I don't like is Christian. Uh, I've, I've heard that. But what about Mickey James? He, it, well, it, Why does it have to be a man? Because they because they've openly said he. Tony Khan said, oh, he, okay. Like the 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 per whoever the person who Big Show is announcing, he will not be in the ladder match. So unless Tony Khan is swerving and it is going to be a women's announcement, I, I don't know. Uh, but that, I, what about what about Nick Aldis? Is he? What is he doing? Uh, well, they just announced a return to the NWA. So okay. I'm just trying to like I'm just trying to think outside the box here because I don't want it to be when they say Hall of Fame level, I don't want it to be a guy who's basically Hall of, at the Hall of Fame already because of his age. I want to see one of these bigger named guys, but who's it going to be? Like like it could be Christian. It just I'd be very surprised because it seems like he got that he got that good good shine at the Rumble. He wasn't under contract for it, but like you've got so much potential to bring back Edge and Christian and do some just some some matches that we've all wanted to see for years and couldn't. And now he's gonna jump ship. I mean, I know it could be a money thing. The the CM Punk teases, it's not gonna be CM Punk. I think he's happily with his camera work and he's gonna be on heels with Stephen Amell. Uh, I think he's I think he's going to be acting on that. And I'm actually really excited to see that show in general, but add CM Punk to it. I'll be even more excited. I I don't know. I, I it could be Christian could be Kurt. People are trying to people are trying to say it's Brock and I just laugh at you. It's not going to be Brock. Get it. Get out of here. I think whatever amount of money Tony Khan gives to Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar would just turn around and walk into Vince's office and say, this is what they're offering. What's your offer? Yeah, and, and Vince would and Vince would add another five million to it and take off five minutes of actual work he has to do in the ring. Yeah. So um I don't want it to be like I said, if you're announcing that it's this level, I don't want to hear some bullshit like, well, we think this guy is Hall of Fame worthy. No, 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 that's not how that works. Fifteen minutes. You know, Curtis Axel may be great in your eyes, but he's not Hall of Fame worthy. Right. I mean, I'm 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 just looking at a quick list right now of like official um chris hero maybe probably not chris hero would be one i'd like to see though uh davy boy smith jr he's a free agent. hall of fame level i mean hall of fame level i i'd like to see he he talked about coming back to wwe though at some point i'd like to see that versus him reteaming with lance archer yeah i don't know I'll, i'm going down the list here i'm not seeing anybody that's no, no, nobody at least that's outside of like WWE. Uh, Rob Van Dam, people talked about, but he had such a terrible angle on impact. I would hate him to just come back and deal with that nonsense. I mean, yeah, I, I honestly, I honestly do not know. And I think because I honestly don't know, it's going to end up being Christian and I'm just going to be disappointed. <laughs> I, I just think it, in, in a lot of these situations, it's, you know, it's it's kind of like the WandaVision crux that just happened. All the anticipation and all the things that you think it could be, and it's not going to be any of that. And, and it was ultimately disappointing. And you and you may yeah, and you may be ultimately disappointed with how it's going to go. And I think I think that's what what we're heading towards here. I think it's just going to be uh, an unfortunate disappointment because it's not going to be anybody anybody great. I, I just I just happened to click. Well, I just happened to click that somebody tweeted that they showed the Revolution set and there's a Hall of Fame worthy superstar in the picture. 
and it's John Cena because no one's in the picture. So maybe it's John Cena. <laughs> it's not Cena. They held a run through. They held a run through today ahead of Revolution, and it's yeah, no, it's not. It's definitely not going to be Cena. Yeah, I like I said, I don't think it's going to be Kurt. I think Kurt is just a, a big old tease. And if it is Christian, then maybe Christian's joining Big Show on commentary for the Elevation show, and he's going to help help the youngins and all that nonsense too. But. I really just, I would prefer to see Christian come back and fight E after the five, you know, five years later when he was supposed to get his title shot. And I'd like to see at least one more small run of Edge and Christian, the tag team. See, the reason I don't think it's going to be Christian is because why work that hard to come back and then throw it away? Because is he throwing it away if he can actually have a singles, uh, another singles run and maybe he just doesn't think that's going to happen in WWE? No, what, what I mean is he wants to be in that Hall of Fame. With his buddy. Yeah. And if he shows up on AEW, he's never going in the Hall of Fame. Like Jericho is never going in the Hall of Fame. But I don't think Jericho cares. That's a lot. Look, that's a long game dollar gentleman's bet. I will put a dollar that Jericho still ends up in the WWE Hall of Fame before he dies. <sighs> but that's a that's a that's a long that's a long game dollar dollar bet. Okay, so I'm look I'm looking at a, a quick image here. So yeah, other other people that we haven't talked about would be AJ. Lita, and that's it. It's it's Brock, CM Punk, AJ, Kristen Cage, Kurt Angle, Bully Ray, Rob Van Dam, and Lita. I mean, I don't, I don't think AJ not. showing up there absolutely changes AEW. But AJ just signed a new contract. Yeah, and then uh, somebody else mentioned Marty Skrull. I don't think it's gonna be Marty Skrull. I think it's still too. He's, no. he, he's still too. He's still too nuclear right now with the with the speaking out movement. Yeah, I, you know you can't, and I think he's going to be nuclear for quite a while. Right. All right, we got a couple minutes left here. Uh, looks like we are just now on the AEW Championship match, the famed exploding barbed wire death match, Kenny Omega, John Moxley. What? What do you? Where do you even want to begin on this one? Uh, I think it still goes to Omega. I think Omega still wins. Mox is going to need time off for his baby, which is surprising to me that he held on to the IWGP US Championship. I he defends that once a year. Well, he defends it once a year because he couldn't get to Japan to defend it when they wanted him to, and he's still open. He's still open to go there. I just found it surprising that he held on that they're going to allow him to hold on to that while they're also combining the other belts. But I, I can get to that in another episode. Quickly, here's the rules according to Kenny Omega for this match: three sides of the ring wrapped in barbed wire, the ropes. Contact with barbed wire triggers explosives on the corresponding side of the ring. The triple hell is three zones on the floor that are wired to explosives. And then there's a 30 minute countdown. And at the end of the 30 minutes, everything blows up. 10 minutes remaining. <laughs> uh, that's a, that's a new wrinkle that I really enjoy. Yeah. Here, I'm, I'll, I'll send you the image that I was talking about so that you can just appreciate it. And like I said, we will get this on, uh, on our socials and stuff when, when available, but yeah, I, I mean, this match is going to be insanity. This is going to be uh, violence. Um, I, I I don't know. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be violent. It's going to be insane. I will be surprised if they still have a crowd at ringside because if there's actual explosions going off, I don't feel like that's safe. But I guess we'll see. Uh, yeah, but the match itself, yeah, I, I don't disagree. I'm just curious, again, if there's a swerve to this, if there's a run-in, or if it's, this is just a straight 
Omega Beats Moxley. Because if it's a straight Omega Beats Moxley, okay. But the character of Moxley, like when he comes back, then he's just going straight after Kenny again. And Kenny may be on to new, like different and better things. When instead you could have Moxley get taken out by somebody surprising so that when Moxley comes back, he's just got a new, a new target. I think that's most likely. Maybe it's Mick Foley. And Mick Foley is also the Hall of Fame level talent that Paul White's talking about. Well, he's, but again, he's, he's in the Hall of Fame. So maybe that's, I mean, I, I think that's the, I think that's the question. It's the, it's the argument as to what is, I would, I would love to see, and maybe this is where they, they take that step of it's, it's somebody from New Japan. Maybe one of the guys from New Japan who isn't in the New Japan Cup can can make a pop in, you know, because he's that's that's why they they taped everything for the Japan side weeks ago was because they wanted to make sure that they could quarantine enough time. I mean, Hikaru Shida was over there, so somebody could have been over there doing some ambassador work, and and maybe this is where we see somebody from New Japan because he's got the U.S. Heavyweight Championship. I don't think it'll be Kenta, but it could be because Kenta's an attorney, but it could be could be somebody along those lines and if not maybe it's somebody from impact so that mox comes back or when he's able he can go fight you know fight people at impact because i'm pretty sure they tape they don't do live so they can really he can go whenever for that and it's right down the road from oh no he's in vegas so it's not gonna be right down the road but yeah i mean all in all look uh, we talked i mean we've talked about it in full i think it's gonna be a great show it, this is one of those that, yeah, like you see this on paper and you may, it may be a while since you bought a pay-per-view, but it looks like this is going to be one to buy and it's going to be worth either buying or fi- finding a way to watch. And, uh, I'll, you know, at this point we're talking about the potential of three, I mean, we're talking about three big debuts if possible between what we think somebody's going to pop in at the end of the women's match, who's going to be in, who's the sixth person in the ladder match, and then who's Paul White's big announcement? And then if we even talk about somebody, you know, who's gonna screw who's gonna screw Moxley this time? Who knows? Uh, it'll be interesting. But to see. A little bit of fallout here. They, they've announced all of these great things for AEW. So what does WWE do in return? Main event next week of NXT is Finn Balor versus Adam Cole for the championship. Yep. So I'm sure there's going to be some other wrinkles in there too. Uh, uh, for counter programming, so just as a wrestling fan, this is a good time to be a fan. This is this is a good time to be a fan, but it's it's a crazy time for us. And I uh, uh, I think before I mean I'll get into that in a hot second, but I think in terms of the AEW conversation, that's going to do it. I mean, throwing the towel uh, at the the barbed wire has exploded, like it has exploded. <laughs> I guess I mean we only we gave sixty minutes to ourselves, but going to go ahead ring that bell. We're stopping the timer here. What I wanted to get into with um, the crazy time for us is coming up. I mean, WrestleMania week alone is going to be an insane amount of wrestling. We're talking about NXT being takeover being two nights, but because WrestleMania is already two nights, here's what you're looking at. You're looking at raw on Monday. Tuesday is currently open. Wednesday, NXT takeover night one. Thursday, NXT ta- uh, and AEW Dynamite. Thursday, AE, uh, NXT TakeOver Night 2. Friday, Friday Night SmackDown. Saturday, WrestleMania Night 1. Sunday, WrestleMania Night 2. Monday, Raw After Mania. Tuesday, potentially 
the first night of NXT on Tuesday nights because I believe it's all but official that NXT is moving to Tuesdays. Yeah. And then AEW on Wednesday. Thursday is the only day now of the work week. Thursday will be the only day that there is no wrestling outside of NXT UK. There is no wrestling on. So a lot to come up, a lot for us to talk about, a lot for us to record, which we will start working on next week. Our next episode will show the fallout from Revolution as well as touch and base to see where WWE is heading on the road to Fastlane. Raw feels like it it is stuck in a ditch on the side of the road. SmackDown <laughs> SmackDown is in the high occupancy vehicle lane and they are they are moving in the right direction. And NXT is trucking right along as well. So we'll have a lot to talk about next week. I can't wait. Can't wait for the for the show to, uh, later on Sunday. I uh, want to thank everybody once again for joining us for the One Fall Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at One Fall Pod. We are now on Spotify, which is super exciting. And I'm also working on getting us on the Apple Podcast down the road so that you guys can find us wherever and whenever you want to give us a listen. Please be sure to uh, give us some feedback as well. Rob and I keep disagreeing with each other. I'm sure you guys disagree with us too. So feel free to tell us all about it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, text us, whatever the case may be. But once again, thank you all for joining us for the One Fall Podcast. We are going to catch you guys next week. Enjoy Revolution. See ya.